Hello, what's up? We are back. I am one of your co-hosts, Jordan Erard Coupe. And I am Kaylee Chikoski. Welcome back. Yes, things Ooh. have been interesting. We kind of had a pretty slow week. We know Alex Smith retired, so we are wishing him all of the best. But other than that, there wasn't too much breaking news up until literally this afternoon where my Philadelphia Eagles went out and did a very interesting press conference. Um, something I never really get my hopes up with them anymore. I never really know what to expect for them. I have my bar set on the ground. And yet today's press conference, I literally sat there and said, I didn't think things could get worse. And they really just did. Are you, you want to play the clip before we get into. Yeah, let's, let's show the clip of just how bad it right. was. And I'll tell you, I think some of you guys are wondering like what game we didn't go earth shattering on these games. Right. I played a couple of them at rock, paper, scissors, right? That was as easy as that rock, paper, scissors. Let's see how competitive you are. I'm competitive. I'm going to be talking trash to him. Did you talk trash back to me? Right. Um, Jeopardy. There's different ways to do it. It looks a lot of different ways, but our coaches got so creative with this, like Jeff Stoutland, uh, Brian Johnson, like they, they did just such Aaron Moorhead. They all did a great job, right? Uh, Tracy Rocker, Jeremiah Washburn, they all did a great job of just figuring out how to compete because everyone's compete looks a little different. Like if I, I get up there, I play them rock, paper, scissors. They got a little more creative than I did at times. So it was awesome, though, because it did anything you compete at. When you compete with somebody that's competitive, they're going to go at you no matter what, no matter what game you're playing. Okay, I have <laughs> both of our back. <laughs> this is the press conference. He's talking about meetings with potential draft picks. Yeah. So give me your opinion on this strategy of rock, paper, scissors, and jeopardy during your draft interviews. I think it is ridiculous unless you're at like the final stages of like you're down to two guys and like this is just a fun way to like kind of connect with them but when from everything I've gathered from the Eagles right now they have no idea what direction they're going in they have no idea what's going on and I think this just further proves that and even if there is if you can make a case for this is a great way to determine if someone is going to be a good fit for your organization fine but with how the Eagles are right now when your fan base is like clinging on to any sort of hope when you have we have no idea what direction they're going to go in for them to come out and tell us they're playing rock, paper, scissors and jeopardy. It's just mind boggling. Like I can't put into words how frustrating it is because they have so many big decisions to make and it doesn't seem like they're close to making any of them. And we, me and you talked about this earlier. If you are the bucks or the chiefs and you are coming out and you're saying we're playing rock, paper and scissors with draft prospects, that's fine because you're the Bucks and the Chiefs and you're incredible and they have that right. They can do whatever they want. The Eagles also in this press conference, they also said that all our drafts have been successful when they clearly haven't been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's here's the thing. I you're not going to get anything past fans. You're yeah, also, exactly. and, and more specifically, you're not going to get anything past Eagles fans because they're the most ruthless, relentless, in the best way, fan base in this league, right? Yeah. Like they are constantly, they're never satisfied, More right? Like you got, you got the Super Bowl, it, you almost burned the city down. Now you're, <laughs> you're back, you're ready, you're upset. Um, wild, a little wild. Yeah. Um, I don't love, here's the thing. I think it was meant to be fun maybe they'll come back have they come back and said anything in response because i can't imagine that like eagles twitter is taking this very well oh no eagles twitter is livid and i think this was only part of it too because in this presser they also included that they're not naming jalen hurts our starter as well yeah. so there was just it was like blow after blow after blow like there was nothing really good to take away from this press conference other than the fact that it just emphasized what we've all already feared, that they have no idea what their next step is. And if they keep continuing to not plan ahead and not really figure anything out, then we're just going to be stuck in this rut that we're in right now. So it's definitely super frustrating. If you're going to sit here and tell me that you're having a quarterback competition between Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts when this whole time it's been defend Jalen Hurts. Like, Everything I just feel 
very, very frustrated. And I don't really know what this draft is going to look like. I was nervous for it already. And now I'm even more nervous for it because they literally don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's a, it is a little concerning. I guess my, so I'm interested to hear them not naming Jalen Hurts the starter. They're drafting at number uh, seven? 12. 12. We were 12. at six and we went back to 12. That's right. That's right. Okay. Because uh, Miami is just genius. Um, yeah, Miami is literally brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Um, I, <laughs> I, it's, I was reading about it today and I was like, I'm still in shock, but okay, cool. Yeah. So 12. I mean, there is speculation. I think there's a possibility definitely that some of these, probably one or two of these quarterbacks could fall. Um, just seeing kind of what the vibes are, knowing that Miami um, has become increasingly comfortable with Tua and building around him. I think there are definitely some teams positioned between seven and 12 that could just draft a quarterback and, and really kind of take the world by surprise. I don't know if it would be a surprise, but it would definitely be interesting. But should someone like a Mac Jones, a Trey Lance fall to number 12? I mean, what do you think? Like, are they taking a quarterback? Are they, I like, what? It, what is this refusal to name him as a starter say to you about what their approach to the draft is? You know, it literally, it has me absolutely terrified because if they take a quarterback, I literally talked about this in my YouTube video this week. I did a Q&A like for my thoughts on the draft and someone said, what if the Eagles take a quarterback? And I said, I will scream bloody murder because it let's say like all of our problems are because we took a quarterback way too early in the draft last year so if we take another quarterback this year it just shows that we haven't learned from our mistakes and if we keep trying to fix this one quarterback problem that was never even our problem we're never going to be able to grow we're never going to be able to get anywhere so it's honestly very like when we fired cars or when we fired Doug Peterson, I was like, perfect. They're doing this. So we'll keep Carson Wentz. When mm -hmm. they brought in Nick Sirianni, Frank Reich's left right-hand man, literally I'm sitting there and I'm like, perfect. This is all so they can build up with Carson. Then all of a sudden they still trade Carson. And I'm like, okay, then we get Joe Flacco. So I'm like, perfect. We're going to focus on Hertz. Joe Flacco is going to be our backup. Fine. Now they're talking about trading backup. There is still talks of us taking a quarterback. So in my heart of hearts, I want to say absolutely not. We are staying so far away from that because what is that going to do? Joe Flacco, Dylan yeah. Hurts, and Trey Lance or Mac Jones? Like, how is that going to help us when we have so many holes to fill on this team? Defense, offense, a lot. Like, there is so many problems that this team has. So I want to scream and say, no, don't take a quarterback. Take best available at quarterback. Like if we, if Sertan is available at any of the wide receivers, any of the top three receivers, if they fall, if God forbid Pitts falls, like there's so many linebacker, like so many holes and so much talent that we could use. If they take a quarterback, I think it is detrimental because then you run into the same exact problem that Carson Wentz went into. Now you're messing with Hertz's head because Hertz is convinced that he's our QB one. So it just doesn't make any sense, literally at all. <laughs> I love rock, paper, scissors as much as the next person, but this probably just knowing what state your franchise is in, this is just probably not the thing to come out and say during a press conference. Yeah. Especially when like you're, we're known, like even I'm sitting there and like at 12, I'm sitting here saying you have so many options. Like there are so many picks that if they p take at 12, there's obviously ones I like more than others, but it's going to take a lot to genuinely piss me off because there are so many options. Yeah. And like I said, so many holes to fill. So it's going to take a lot to get me to that point, but it wouldn't, if they go rogue and take someone that could easily go in the second round, like just because they think they have potential, like we need to learn that we're not good at drafting and we just need to sit back and bite our tongues and take best available at this point, because like whatever we've been doing isn't working. And then for them to sit there and literally say our drafts have been successful, you're setting all of us Eagles fans on fire because Justin Jefferson example a from last season, like, not that Rieger is bad, but we could have taken Justin Jefferson and still gotten Rieger in the second round. Yeah. We could have realistically gotten Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rieger, and Jalen Hurts all in rounds one, two, and three, and still 
would have been in a much better position than we are now. So it definitely did not make me feel any better. Literally scrolling through Twitter today, everyone is just in an uproar. I couldn't find one person that had like a silver lining about anything that was said, which is just saying a lot because usually you can at least find like a glimmer of hope somewhere. Yeah. Right now, it's just a lot of fog and a lot of doom leading up to the 29th. We're, We're almost a week away. We are almost a week away. And now at this point, it's like, I don't even want it to come anymore because I was so excited to get it over with. But I think I'm just going to be filled with so much dread and so much. And I just, I can't see it working out in a way where I'm happy right now. And I hope they prove me wrong. I hope I suffer this whole week and then I'm happy on the 29th. It would be worth it. But I'm literally petrified, genuinely petrified. You know, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But, you know, thoughts... Thoughts and good vibes to you, to the Eagles. I mean, I'm sending them. Do you want to you want to hit on a lighter note of Cincinnati's new threads? Yes, let's talk about the Bengals because because yeah, um, yeah. So they got their new jerseys. We have a picture of those, right? Yeah, there we go. Oh my god, and Joe Burrow right in the middle. That was a good rebound. Thank you for doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I needed to see. I love these. No, I love them. Yes. And I think it's perfect timing for them to do this too, Mm because it's a clean look. It's a great look. They just look like their old jerseys kind of looked like high school jerseys with like the orange shoulders and the white, like it just looked a little cheesy. Now they look tough. They look put together and it's like the perfect era to have Joe Burrow take over and take them forward, hopefully moving in the right direction. Yeah. And we'll talk about Joe Burrow a little later, probably next in the show, but did you peep the surgery scar in those pictures? I have full confidence in him to come back. Um, but very funny that people are like, I saw a tweet and it was the photo where he's sitting down with the ball and you can very clearly see the scar. And it said, um, tell, tell me who the Bengals are going to draft without telling me who the Bengals are going to draft. It just zoomed in on the scar. Yes. And it was just zoomed in on the scar. And I was like, yeah. 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 I that mean, that's, everything. that's tough. Yeah. And like, I'm honestly, and I saw one tweet that literally warmed my heart so much. It was like a young kid that's gotten like a bunch of open heart surgeries. Mm-hmm. He's a Bengals fan. So he has scars all over. And he was like, the mm-hmm. fact that Joe Burrow is my favorite player and he's coming out and like showing his scars, like not hiding it. It like meant so much. To this. And I was like, you never like think of it that way, but I think no. it does. And it just shows like he's sitting there on a freaking throne, confident as hell. And he's like, I'm not going to let this stop me. Like he's not hiding it. He's not trying to sugarcoat anything. He's like, look at what I have on my knee and I'm still going to come out. I'm still going to be great. And that's what I took from it. He's uh, I, I don't know whose decision it was. I'm sure it was a top down decision to not remove the scar mm-hmm. um, in editing and in post of that photo shoot and I I just applaud that entire organization because I think that was extremely important I think uh it's really important like you said for you know him being a role model for people but also just I, I don't think that we should look at injured athletes as damaged goods anymore and I think there's a ton of people who've come back from major injuries there's a ton of athletes who've been able to rebound their careers and yeah. really have hall of fame careers after significant injuries like that so I don't know. I'm so excited. I love the uniforms. I think for what state they're in and as far as rebuilding, the excitement that's kind of building there, especially going into year two for Joe Burrow, um, it's the perfect look. Yeah. And and, and you got to love like when Ocho Cinco comes back. I was going to say, I was like, like seeing him in the, I was like, this was like the, like I was looking through all the pictures and I was loving it. And then Chad Ocho Cinco just pops up and I was like, this is everything that I needed. Like this was exactly what I wanted. Yeah. It was pretty great. I was like, all right, cool. And I, I watch, um, I am athlete. So I see him all the time, but I think it's so nostalgic for people who don't really hear him speak or, or really consume his content on a regular basis. So I don't know. That was really fun. I I appreciated that touch, but congrats on a successful uniform reveal. Oh my God. Like that photo shoot, the whole thing was just sick. Whoever designed that, like it was perfect. I loved everything about it. Yeah. I I'm here for it. I'm excited to see them in action. 
it would be a shame if they had another bad season, but I think, you know, look good, feel good, play good. Exactly. Hoping that hoping that transfers over. I'm here for There's it. Definitely something to that. Cause I know like, even when I was just an undergrad, like when I would go to class, if I like dolled myself up, if I, when you have a nice face to makeup on, when you do your hair, like when you feel better, you work better. So yes. now we've got these new jerseys. Joe Burrow seems very confident. And even he was stand, like, everyone was like, why isn't Joe Burrow sitting in the throne? Like a talk. And like, he was st standing, like showing, like, I think that was his way of saying like, look, I'm fine. Like I'm going to yeah. be fine. Um, so I, I just think there was a lot to be said about that whole, there was a lot of hidden meetings in that photo. There shoot. was. The oh, scar and standing, like there was just a lot there. So I am excited for them. I think they are, hopefully, I'm excited for their draft, but I think they are yeah. going to take a very big step in the right direction this season. I'm excited to see them. Agreed. Let's transition over. Let's continue on with Joe Burrow, but let's talk about a handful of top draft picks from 2020. We're going to do a little look back at their rookie seasons and then talk about expectations and I guess predictions for what's coming ahead in year two for them. Um, starting with Joe Burrow, I think obviously was on the way to putting together a rookie of the year campaign before getting hurt, but played 10 games, had 2,600 yards, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions, a 65% completion rating. And considering the state of this offensive line, the offense, it's incredibly impressive. It's, yeah. He threw the ball 450. This is an interesting interesting stat. I think Tannenbaum brought this up. But he threw the ball 450 times in 10 games. And that's – I mean, he's Tannenbaum was like, that's not okay. But it's impressive. Like, yeah. he came into probably the toughest rookie situation of – most players probably in the past decade, just yeah. looking at what he had, the expectations, the fan base, what he was working with, mm -hmm. um, protection up front lacking. And so I don't know. I mean, I, what, how do you feel about his 2020? I feel like everything we saw up until the injury just showed he came in with so much poise and like he knew what he was walking into. Like he knew the situation he was coming into and he never like, seemed like it never seemed to knock him off his feet like yeah. he came out there every week he was confident and he played honestly not like a rookie like the and like we saw some things we talked about it on one of our episodes where he was like sliding and the ref was like you can't do that and he was like I know they told like just like mm -hmm. the little things he was doing to like try and make his game better but overall as a player working with what he had no o-line I just was very confident about him and for everything that he did with the state of the team, I think it was very impressive. And I know, like, obviously they weren't going to make a playoff run his first year. And not because of him, just because overall they were just not in a – they're not in that position yet. But I think even after heading into this year, I think they are going to be definitely – just because I think he came in and he's a leader and I think he's going to motivate this team. And I think even after his injury bouncing back, how he's going to get them to come back and work harder and like work together. I just think it's going to be really special, but who I'm excited for him. I love him. So yeah. Oh, he is great. I, I, he said he's ahead of schedule. I think the plan is obviously for him to start right out of the gate in year two. He said he's ahead of schedule. Yeah. Um, and I think it's looking up, right? Like you said, I think the assumption is that they're going to take Penny Sewell at number five. They have to. They have to at this point. And I think that's going to take a ton of pressure off of Joe Burrow. But I think when you're looking at this team, there's a ton of pressure that's spread around, right? I think Joe Burrow coming into his second season, the pressure is on him, assuming he's healthy, to perform, to stay upright, to make plays, to prove that he you know, is the number one draft pick and he was worthy mm -hmm. of that slot. And then to really prove that he's the franchise guy going forward. And then you have pressure on the staff to put weapons protection around him. Then Zach Taylor's heading into his third year as head coach, which is a pivotal year for a guy yeah. that um, is coming into that type of rebuild situation. And then, you know, they came into the offseason with a ton of cap space. So they had all of the pieces to make this rebuild happen. And they're really coming at the, you know, the tail end of it, right? Like yeah. this is kind of, I don't want to say time's up, but it's definitely um, the pressure's on to kind of wrap up this rebuild and really get something going and get something cooking and make at least a contention for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, you know, they, they picked up some pieces. They got an offensive tackle. They had a couple wide receivers. They signed a couple running backs, but nothing really that seemed like it would move the needle. So I'm really interested to see what they're going to do in the draft, because I think that'll really be a good kind of window into what we can expect from them in 2021. I honestly think they were a little bit hesitant with making the moves in free agency just because they want to see Joe Burrow all the way through and then kind of take it from there. But from everything we saw from him, I, I think they're, I don't think they're going to have a winning record this season. Like, I don't think they're going to come out and be great, but I think they could be easily 500, like right at the line, whatever that is now with an odd number of games, but whatever, we'll figure that out when we get there. But I just yeah. think from everything we saw from him last season, he came into this team and he is ready to take it over. I have no doubt in my mind that he will be their long-term guy. I think the main question, more of the pressure lies on the coaching staff right now because yeah. they didn't do any – They, I mean, they did some things, but they didn't make any of the crazy moves this offseason. So now we'll see what state they're in. If they can't get it together for him next season, then I think – it, like it's not on Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow is going to go out and do everything he can for this team. So now it's going to be their time. Let him play the season, see where he's at, see who's going to work best with him. And then if they still can't do it, then it's time to look for other coaching and let someone else build Joe Burrow up and build this team up because he's going to go out. I have no doubt that he's going to go out and he's going to do everything he can. Yep. Agreed. I think, oh, I'm excited, but Let's next. I was about to say that this guy is my favorite guy on the list. Um, but then I look at the list and I'm like, they're all my favorite guys. Yeah, and I probably we, say that. Last year's draft class was really incredible. Just gems of human beings. Yeah, exactly. I think that's they're it. Like all angels. Like they're they all are. just like great people. And I'm so excited that like they're the ones we are passing the torch to because yes. it just makes me excited for the future. Yes. So let's stick with quarterbacks. Let's talk about our 2020 offensive rookie of the year, Justin Herbert. I just got his jersey. Oh my God. Oh. I, my birthday was March 30th. This present did not come in until April 19th, but it was so worth the wait. I had no idea I was getting it. My sister and her boyfriend went in and got me the baby blue Justin oh. Herbert jersey. And I opened it and was like screaming. I was like, this is perfect. And the Chargers are playing my Eagles in Philly. And I said, I was like, I have to go to this game because I need to see Justin Herbert play. And my mom goes, yeah, Jordan, what, what jersey are you going to wear? I was like, we'll worry about that when it comes. That's (laughs) a debacle. debacle, But he came out and he played better this season. I think the reason he took everyone by storm is because he was good in college. Like everyone knew he was going to be a good quarterback, but from the moment he stepped out, He didn't know he was playing in his first ever NFL game till 10, 15 minutes before it started playing against the Kansas city chiefs. And he took them into overtime. And the only reason they lost that game was because of coaching. I I stand by that. So for him to come out, like, like I said, he played good in college for him to just come into the NFL to start the way he did and just immediately start playing great is it's just something you don't see every day. Like he just came and took us all by storm if we can't tell, I'm like the president of his fan club. I just, I, yeah, I adore, like he is just, I, I love, I'm like mesmerized watching him. He is incredible. And they didn't have the chargers themselves, especially with the roster that they have, their record should have been completely different. And Anthony Lynn, I love him as a person, but it was like time management and play calling for them. It just wasn't working. So I think bringing in someone new, I'm unfortunately getting rid of Anthony Lynn because I really, I don't want to say anything bad about him as a person, yeah. but um, getting someone new, the rec- their record is going to be insane because with who they have with Justin as their guy, like this team should be incredible. And I think they're going to be incredible. And I am so excited to see him moving forward. Cause I just think he's going to get better and better. No doubt. I, what I love about him, I think the most, and you saw Bruce Arians was super complimentary of him, basically Mm -hmm. gave him glowing reviews, compared him to Patrick Mahomes. Um, Drew Brees went up to him after the game and really applauded what his ability was and how he played that game. So I think what I love about him the most is just, it just seems like every mistake he made, he made, which 
are totally under, understandable, right? You yeah. expect rookies to make mistakes. Like we said, he's not expecting to come in and be a starter in the NFL, right? He was practicing with twos and threes leading yeah. up to that game. So what I loved about him is every single mistake he made, he took as a learning lesson. He was able to correct it, whether it was later in that game or in the next game, but we saw him consistently improving game after game after game. And we saw it against the Chiefs, right? He was, you know, under throwing deep balls, over throwing deep balls. And that was something that had been kind of noted mm-hmm. leading up to the season in practice. And then he came out and he adjusted and then he lit it up, right? He completed yeah. like 32 or something passes that were 25 yards or more. He was able to take it to overtime. He really knows what stands out to me is he really knows how to manage the game. He knows when to check it down. He knows when to bail on a play. He knows when to let it ride a little bit longer and try to make something out of it, which is really rare in a rookie. And it's something that I think we consistently pride Tom Brady on. Um, He just stands out in my mind as the ultimate guy who just really knows what to do on every play. And, And he looks so ahead of his time with the chargers in that area, right? Like he really has just adapted. He's an introvert. They've talked about how quiet he was at first. He's really gotten That's vocal. Why a lot of people were nervous about him because yeah. he'd be a leader. He's so quiet. He's so shy. And then he came out and this team literally from the moment he stepped out on that field, they seemed to fully rally underneath him. And that was a team of veteran guys who have been in the league for a lot, like good guys that just put their faith in him. So I think the chargers are in, a very other than Jacksonville, that was one of because Jacksonville, you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. I yeah. think the Chargers was one of like the best head coaching vacancies you could have gotten just because, unlike Joe Burrow, like they already had a decent team. They actually had a good team. And then to add him to the mix, they're just a team that's so close to being like that good. Yeah, they're, they're really good there. And that was like the one thing that made me nervous as a Jaguars fan heading into coaching vacancies in the off season and really kind of seeing where these guys were going to land was like, dang, we're really competing with the chargers, which last year would have been not at all a worry of mine, but the chargers heading into this year, such a prime spot because there's so much potential with this kid. And I think there's always going to be coaches that are going to look at the upside of someone like Trevor Lawrence and think it's more, I guess, a better situation than going in with someone like Justin Herbert. But I think for the most part, they're pretty dead even, right? Like it just depends on your mentality. And so I'm excited to see what they do. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm excited for him. I love him. I just think that he is going to shine. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I think the one thing I'm hoping the most with him because he shined. He had what 31 touchdowns in yeah, wild, like crazy for a rookie season, like unbelievable. So he was putting up the numbers. He was doing everything that he had to do. What stunk was they were so close to winning all of these games, and then they could just never pull it out. And like I said, a lot of it was coaching and timing. Literally, the calls that they were making and like the things that they were doing, they weren't going th- for it on fourth downs and like. There, I literally was sitting there like, you have Justin Herbert. Like, you yeah. can make this happen. Like, so I'm hoping now this season their record will kind of show how good this team actually is because they have it. They have what it takes. Like, they could easily be, in my mind, a playoff team. Like, yeah. they have that. So I'm hoping that they will – their record will show how good they actually are this season. No doubt. Who's your favorite guy on this list? If it's not Justin Herbert. It was definitely Justin Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> like without question. Um, Ch- Chase Young though. Okay. Let's talk Chase Young because. because oh, oh my God. <laughs> a gem. A gem of a human being. Oh, I love him. You know, I, I, I really just want to give, like, I want him to bear hug me. Like that's yes. on my bucket list. His smile you know, is contagious. Like, my life. No, really. And like, you would think with how big he is and how powerful he is, like you would think he would just be like this scary human being, but then you see him mm-hmm. and he is like, he just makes me like melt. Like he just seems like a giant teddy bear. And I and I one want to bite my tongue because I said this early on last season. I sat there and I said, Chase Young is so talented. He's one of the best people in this draft, no doubts about. But I said, I was like, I don't think he can come in and change this team. 
like on his own. And basically he did exactly like he was all they needed. And he came in, he was a captain his rookie year yeah. towards the end of that season. Like, and that just shows the kind of person he is. So like take away his talent and everything. Like he is an actual gem, like someone you just want to cherish. And I just love everything he is doing the way he handles, like, when their offense would do like incredible things and he would run out there, like he was running all over the place mm -hmm. all the time, like so excited to be on this team. And this is a team that you wouldn't necessarily before last season get excited to be on. Like there's been a oh lot of issues there. The culture there has been tough. Yeah. So for him to just kind of come in and you just be happy to be there. I think that made everybody feel a lot better. And it was really amazing to see. It is He's great. He also he just turned 22, by the way. Let's let that sink in for a bit. <laughs> He's a baby, but oh, like he the most impressive thing like you said is his leadership, his locker room presence, the way that he came in. He was just so confident in himself. He was confident in this team, and that really showed, right? Regardless of what happened, they had a better season than probably anyone could have predicted that they would have. And and yeah. to be fair, I think like you said, one of the most exciting teams to watch this year, one of the most exciting teams to really see grow throughout the year. And I think the idea that we've only seen the beginning of Chase Young should really scare every team that's playing them this year. Yeah. Like it really should because he he's going to come in in 2021. I think we saw him make rookie mistakes here and there, but he was a rookie, right? And like we said, they're going to make those mistakes. That's what they're for. Like that's what your rookie year is for. That's why the most ideal situations usually happen when rookies sit and learn from veterans or get limited playtime and, and learn from the people above them. But that's not always the case, just given the state that these teams are in when they're drafting these top guys. So I think he's going to come into 2021 just way more disciplined, just playing a cleaner game, more ready. But with that same excitement, that same leadership, that confidence, that fire, and I would be, I'd be scared to face yeah. him. I'd be scared to look at him across the line and have to play him for four quarters and 60 minutes. I, oh, and that's yeah. just, uh, it's so good. Yeah. And his numbers, he had four forced fumbles, one touchdown, seven and a half sacks. I would be literally shocked if he doesn't come out this season and have double digit sack numbers. I would be very surprised yeah. for, for what he was able to do last season. And like you said, He's going like he's got all that experience under his belt. He's coming in sophomore year. He's going to be a lot more confident. He's going to understand things a lot better. So if he doesn't come out and have at least 10 sacks, I would like be surprised because I think like that's how good he is going to be. Yeah, agreed. Let's talk. Let's talk the boy that your Eagles passed on, Justin Jefferson, because I. Sorry to rub that in. No, there. it's okay. It's we deserve it. We literally deserve it. And I sat there on draft night. Justin Jefferson is literally on the phone and I'm sitting on my couch and I'm like, yes, it's happening. We're getting up. I'm like waiting for his name to be called. I'm like so confident. And then they're like, Jalen Rieger. And I was like, huh? oh. like, I didn't even see this coming at all, but Justin Jefferson. And like, that was one. I was like, all right, well, maybe he won't be that good. Like maybe it, it'll make me feel somewhat better. Um, No, he came out and was better than I was ever even expecting him to be in his rookie year. So that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe he won't be that good. He definitely broke Randy Moss's rookie yeah. receiving record. He had 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, 88 catches. Mm -hmm. um, I, you're probably not the only team kicking yourselves looking back on that draft. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, all these guys that went above him, right? Like he was the fifth, I think he was the fifth drafted receiver. So all these guys that went above him, like, yeah, they're great, but yeah. they're not that great, wow. right? Like looking back at their performance, that doesn't mean they won't be, but you look at, he got thrown into a tough situation too, because he's coming to this team when Stefan Diggs is on his way out, obviously heading to Buffalo, he, he but who's to fill. Yeah. And so big shoes to fill. And I think the fan base kind of expected him to come in and do exactly what Stefan Diggs did. And to be fair, like given Stefan Diggs tenure in Minnesota, I love Stefan Diggs. Yeah. A hundred percent. And he's fantastic with Buffalo, but I think Justin Jefferson is on track to significantly outdo what Diggs was able to do in oh, Minnesota. Absolutely. And it, it's exciting. I mean, I think, I don't know. I guess what are you expecting from him in year two? 
I'm expect and like it's crazy to even like say this. I'm expecting him to be a top receiver, like without question. And like like we said, CD Lamb was the big name. Like that yeah. is who I wanted on the Eagles. Justin Jefferson was one of my second choices, just because there was all this hype around CD Lamb and not knocking CD Lamb at all. He just got him like he the Cowboys took him, and the Cowboys are a team that is stacked with offensive weapons. So it's tough for him to get the same numbers as Justin Jefferson when you have to share the wealth with everybody out there and the chances that CD land. And like, I really don't want to knock him. He did not have a bad season, but he made more mistakes at the chances that he did get. So yeah. then I think it scares them to like, keep going back to him when Justin Jefferson, you lose Stefan Diggs. This is like your big guy that you need to rely on. So I think that also helped play a role with his numbers. Kirk Cousins got the extension before last season, so he's going to be there. I think they already had a great relationship. I just think this is going to continue to grow, and he's going to. it's going to get to the point where it's going to be his team because Kirk Cousins is not going to be there for forever. He's going to yeah. be there for a handful of more years, I'm like, I would I'd assume. Assuming, yeah. yeah, but he's not going to be this long term there forever. So I have a feeling this is literally going to turn into Justin Jefferson's team. He's going to be that guy for them. And I'm just super stoked to see it because like, just keep rubbing it in. I just, we deserve <laughs> it. Like, just keep doing what you do. And I will sit back and watch in pain and enjoy it because I mean, you're that talented. Yeah. It's hard to knock the kid. And I think the draft is so tricky because I think, it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So I think it's easy to look no, back and say, right, it's the same. Yeah, right. It's the same way you look at back at Patrick Mahomes and it's like every team in the league pretty much passed up on him. But, you know, come on. Yeah, because like everyone, Eagles fans keep knocking ourselves for DK Metcalf because we yeah. had DK Metcalf. But like everybody could have had DK Metcalf. Like yeah. everyone passed on DK Metcalf. Justin Jefferson is a little closer to home just because – it was right there. Right there. And yeah. I believe like we were early on. Like it's not like we were, it was a second round. Like that was our round one pick. So it's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Justin Jefferson, you are fantastic. And like he came in and his attitude, like uh Justin Herbert, Chase Young, they're more on like the confident but like humble side. Jefferson kind of has like this. I don't even want to say arrogance because it's not, but like this cockiness, like he, but like it works because he comes out and he executes. Like yeah. he has that. And he, like, he can have that attitude because he goes out there and he does what he says he's going to do. So like, you can't like, I like that from him. And I think that's what helps him be as good as he is. Like, I love all his touchdown dance. Like, I just like everything about him. He's got the whole package. He's everything yeah. you want in a receiver. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I like him a lot. I think there will be, I'll say, maybe a slight drop off right at the beginning of the season. I just think coming into year two, when you have such an explosive year, you're going to get defenses that are paying a little bit more attention to you. All yeah. eyes are going to be on you. Um, it, But at the same time, right, it is going to be a way more normal offseason than he had last year. He's not kind of coming in and getting thrown into the unknown. He really is coming in into a regular off season for the most part, really knowing what the expectations are at the NFL level, knowing the speed of the game, knowing how to execute and execute well. And so I think it really is like, he's hungry. He's a hungry yeah. kid. Like you said, he, he comes in confident, um, a little bit arrogant, but I think he's just been doubted. He was doubted, you know, coming into college. He was doubted coming out of college, obviously the NFL draft. I think anytime you go behind, you know, four other receivers, you're going to be a little, you know, have a chip on your shoulder. I don't think that he is cocky by any means. I just think that he knows he's been doubted and he wants to prove them wrong. And he's very confident in his ability, which has proven to be pretty, you know, fair and yeah. successful. And, you know, I think it's going to be tough for anyone to stop him from going off again in 2021. But I do think he'll have maybe a couple of missteps at the beginning of the season until yeah. he learns how to adjust. But I mean, I, I, I don't doubt that he's going to hit the 1,000 yard mark um, and probably exceed it by a fair amount as well. So, yeah. you know, looking looking good. I, okay. I, I love this kid. Yes. And the one thing I will say, the one thing he does have to work on is consistency. Yeah. Because I feel like there were some games where they rarely used him. And then there were games where they relied on him solely. And that's like he popped off. So I think even if he does 
Because, like, the games where they needed him, like, it was Jefferson, Jefferson. Je- like, they consistently went to him. And then it would be, like, another two games where they didn't really rely on him as much. So I think even if he's just there consistently throughout every game, that, I think, one, shows maturity. And I think that would show, like, he's understanding more how the league is working. And then it just shows that, like, the team, the offense is trusting him. So I think that's something. Even if he's not super explosive every single week, just getting a little bit more – reliable week to week instead of being incredible and then kind of silent. Yeah, no doubt. And, and that goes on the team as well. I think they're feeling out their offense. Um, and they, they were in a weird position last yeah. year. I yeah. was not expecting, I was expecting them to come out and be good. Well, they looked good. They looked great at the beginning of the season. But yeah, then- and then they just kind of like, I didn't know they were losing like weird get like their game against Dallas was so like I was sitting there and I was like what is going on like they just didn't seem comfortable and I know their defense is a big issue but they just felt so I'm hoping overall as a team not even Jefferson they can just come out and be a little bit more comfortable because I do like this team like I like the Vikings. Yeah, I found myself rooting for them. I also really like Dalvin Cook. So I think it was yeah. it was weird because you're it's a full transition, right? You're losing Stefan Diggs, so that changes your receiving game a ton. You're getting a rookie in, you're really trusting him to be kind of the go-to guy for the most part. But then you look on the other side and you've got now a healthy Dalvin Cook that yeah. you now have to program back into your offensive scheme after losing him. So um, hopefully they have like a little bit more of an offensive identity and a scheme coming into 2021, which I would assume they will. But um, yeah, I expect them to to do well. I expect them to, I don't know that they'll necessarily contend just given their division, given kind of what they look like last year, but I think they'll definitely come out a lot stronger, but you want to hit on one more? Yes. From my, uh, <clears throat> Probably my favorite team in the league uh, this upcoming season because I don't think it's going to be my Eagles. Tua. Now, Tua is someone – he didn't have – he didn't come out and have the best rookie season. I think everybody knows that. Everybody knows that there are some people that are already trying to ship him out of Miami, which I think is ridiculous. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't see a reason for that. They did rely on Ryan Fitzpatrick a lot, like – the combo of the two of them, like if Tua was starting to have a bad game, they would throw Ryan Fitzpatrick in. He would kind of save it for them. But I am very set on the fact that Tua is going to be a great, reliable franchise quarterback for this team. I think he fits them perfectly. I am excited about watching him. And let's like he played, I believe, 10 games compared yeah. to uh, Justin Herbert, who played 15. He only had 11 touchdowns, but his Completion percentage, Justin Herbert's was 66%. Tua's was 64. Yeah. So the passes that he was get like, they're right there. So I know, like, the touchdown number, like, there are things you can compare, but realistically, he was right there. Joe Burrow, before he got hurt, was at a 65%. So you, he's right in it with the two of them. Yeah. A little below, but literally the same level, basically, on paper. So I just think he was making rookie mistakes. Like, he was kind of thrown in there. They were kind of tossing back and forth between him and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I do think once they prove to him, like, listen, we're relying on you. They go into the draft. They get him offensive weapons. I think we are going to see him take a huge leap this season. I am excited. I really hope that's what we see. I want him to come out and kind of prove everybody wrong. I hate that people are already like the kid was a rookie and he made rookie mistakes. Like there was nothing there that showed me he is doesn't have what it takes to make it as a franchise quarterback. That is not what I was seeing. He just wasn't reading the field as well as Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert was the moment he stepped out, which doesn't mean that he's going to not be great down the road. Yeah. So I am hoping he comes out and proves everyone wrong because the fact that you're just going to give up on a kid after 10 games is so ridiculous to me. The patience just needs to be a little better with NFL fans. And I think I'm I'm really happy because their GM, Chris Greer, came out and spoke really highly of him, really, you know, kind of set the tone for what's in store heading into 2021. And we talked about this, you know, multiple times. And today it's just so insane to be like, let's move on from this kid that 
I mean, let's not act like they had a bad season. You know what I mean? Like, let's not act like they, they fell apart or crumbled. I mean, yeah, there's mistakes. There was games they wanted to go another way. There were also close games that could have easily been won had like one play been different, right. Or one moment been different. So I think the league overall just needs to be a little more patient. Let's give him an opportunity. I think what they're doing down there is pretty incredible. And I think, they here, are building the perfect they organization. Are. They are. They, from the ground up, because I think you look at, this is a flawlessly executed rebuild. I mean, yeah. it's it's genius. We talked about it. It's it's brilliant. They've done everything right so far. They still have to draft the right guys. But, you know, I, I just trust them. I think what Brian Flores is able to do from a culture standpoint, from a mentality standpoint, hearing them talk, it really is like, Tua's our guy. Now let's figure out what the best draft picks are for him, for yeah. our team, and let's let's get going. And I think that's the right mentality to have. They're not they're not sitting there having apprehension. They're not saying, you know, if a guy falls to six, are we going to take him? They're saying, no, who's he's our guy, and we want to build around him. And he has been a winner everywhere he's been, and let's mm-hmm. let's make him a winner here. And I think that's really important because they're taking the onus on themselves to set him up for success. And I, I really appreciate that because that doesn't always happen. I think a lot of blame can often get shifted to young quarterbacks. And I think we've seen that happen, you know, more than once. We saw that happen with Sam Darnold. We saw that happen with Josh mm-hmm. Rosen. We saw that we've seen that happen a, a ton. Right. And I think, you know, we talked about Jalen Waddle being a potential good fit there. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there's so much to choose from, right? Even yeah. if Pitt comes off the board early, there's just so much receiver talent they can choose from. I think if we're assuming, you know, since he has the lock on Penny Sewell at number five, I think they've just got endless possibilities yeah. at number six. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do. They're they're definitely up there on one of my favorite teams. I'm a fan of what they've been doing so far. Yeah. No, I like I can't say enough good things about them. And even I've heard them talking about even trading back again. And realistically, with the position they're in, they got two first round draft picks. I what that says to me is they are planning long term for the future and they are just building up all of these draft draft capital like they are making all the like I trust the decisions they make. So if they sit there and they get an offer and they decide to trade back. I know, like, I have a gut feeling that they know exactly what they're doing. And I do trust their draft picks. I think they go out, they get double offensive weapons, whether it's Pitts, Jamar Chase, Waddle. And, like, even if they take Waddle and Jamar Chase is still on the board, I'm not going to sit there and be mad at them. Like, that's, like, not a move like the Eagles. Like, I know Brian Flores is talking with Tua, looking at him, like, reading what is actually going to benefit this team and not just who everyone is saying is the best. Like, I just think the way they're handling this is brilliant, but I'm going to say it right here, right now. If Pitts goes to this team, because I I love him and I love them, that is an immediate jersey purchase for me. Like, on the spot. Like, the second it is available, I am buying it, I am wearing it. And I've already talked to some of my friends. We want to go down... We want to see the Dolphins in person this year. And my friends who are very supportive of me, they the Colts are playing the Dolphins in Miami. So for me to get to watch my Dolphins, to see Carson Wentz on the Colts, like that is a dream for me. Um, and yep. I'm very um, excited for that and hoping that it works out because that would be perfect. But no, I'm so excited for this team. I hate the Tua slander. Um, and I hope he comes out and proves everyone wrong. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk some quarterback wide receiver duos. We'll just go through them. We'll go through them kind of quickly, but we each have our top five. Do we want to start at five and just each say our like fives, then fours, threes, twos, ones? Yeah. Cool. All right, go ahead. What is your fifth overall quarterback wide receiver duo heading into 2021? Okay. So this one to put at five, I think is kind of a hot take, but I have a reason for it. My number five is Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek. And I have them at five. I know I have them at five just because we've seen this duo, like my uh, four, three, two, one. We've seen this duo already. We know what they're capable of. They have this consistent relationship. So obviously they're in my top five and I love them and I'm excited to see them. But I really don't think they're going to get like that 
relationship has been building. And I think it's at a very consistent point. We know what to expect for them. We know they're going to be great. We know they're going to be electric. But there's a couple other duos that I think have some tricks up their sleeve because they're newer. Like it's a newer relationship. It's something we wanted to build on more. So I know hot take. That is my number five, just because it's going to be consistent and it's going to be great, but it's not going to be like electric and new, like some of the others. Okay. That is a hot take. I like that. I like that. Okay. Going, going for hot takes. I'm going on a relatively cool take. Um, I would say Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Now I love this duo. I'm not going to no duo slander on them. I just, I think it's still new. I think the weapons and the signings they've made in free agency, they're going to have a lot of adjustments. I think they're going to really come out looking like pretty much a different team in 2021. I don't want to say completely different because obviously Mm -hmm. they were, you know, they were in the playoff hunt. They were definitely in that conversation. They were making the moves. I mean, that division was kind of up in the air week by week, but I, I think they need a little more time. And, okay. and that's not to say that they're not great. Obviously, we saw that insane Hail Mary. We saw them beat the Bills by whatever stretch of the arm, the extra inch of the arms of DeAndre Hopkins. But I I want to see them improve on their overall offensive scheme. Okay. Um, and I think that connection will grow. But I think coming into 2021, right off the bat, I'm not like 100% confident that they are going to necessarily be significantly better this year okay <laughs> i know you're so uncomfy because you no, like deandre it's, hopkins it's fine it's fine <laughs> our lists are so different though this is gonna be i know cool. we'll see we'll see how they um like even out in the middle because my number four is russell wilson and dk metcalf okay this is also my number four so okay. right, we, we're in sync on this one all right perfect just because one, th- there was all the Russell Wilson drama. DK Metcalf is outstanding. I love DK Metcalf. We love DK Metcalf, love. the fans. But um, I'm hoping that they can work their o- work on their O-line a little bit just because I think the Russell Wilson to DK Metcalf connection is great. But when Russell Wilson is just constantly scrambling, getting sacked all the time, like there's just some things there that I want them to work on. And if they do, if they fix that, if Russell Wilson has some more time, can you imagine the bombs that DK Metcalf would get and how scary this duo would be? Yeah. No, like it would be terrifying. Yeah, it'd be it'd be tough. I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm up in the air. The, the reason okay. they're number four, I love them, right? Yeah. That's why they're not number five for me is because I do think that pure athleticism, it's really hard to beat these two guys. But at the end of the day, I think defenses are just a little more aware of what DK Metcalf has going on. I think there's so much more to the game than just size and speed. And I'm not saying that he's not a great route runner. And I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. I think, I think defenses, if they are top defenses, specifically top secondaries in the league, will be a little more prepared for him coming into 2021. I think we, yeah, we saw Russell Wilson have a, I mean, a fantastic season despite the the pitfalls here and there mm-hmm. but overall statistically and what we saw from him I was pretty impressed um mm-hmm. especially in the first half of the season but yeah I mean I think when you look at most of the defenses are gonna face I feel like he should still put up big numbers but um I'm not super confident that he's going to improve from last year statistically to this year but I think still going to be incredibly dominant Yeah, no, I think that's very valid. I think that's a good argument. And I think it's all true and fair. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I think I'm going to have my eye very heavy on the Seahawks just because one, the fact that there were so many Russell Wilson trade talks, like if don't get better for them last year, when all those trade talks originally happened, I was like, there's no freaking way that Russell Wilson is leaving. But now that it's in the back of their mind, it's in the back of his mind. Teams know that the, Talk is out there. It's on the table. If things don't start to improve for him, I do think the door is now open for him to leave. So I think that makes things interesting. It just adds that extra layer. So it's going to be time for Seattle to step up and help him out. Yeah. 
that's a whole that's a storyline we'll yeah. be watching all we'll right on and on about that yeah number three who you got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Bow, bow, bow. Okay, oh, we're okay. Okay, we're two for two. We're not doing okay. that bad. We're we're in sync on this one too. Okay, all right. I was getting a little nervous at first. It couldn't go either way. Like I feel like either way, whether we're completely opposite or in sync, but but yeah, tell me why they're your number three. Just because the like Devontae Adams is somebody that is a receiver that nobody I think expected to be as good as he like he was definitely a sleeper like someone he's a good receiver but it's someone you don't expect to be great and the relationship that him and Aaron Rodgers have built like the trust that they just have in each other like I can't remember what game it was in but I just remember watching Aaron Rodgers scrambling Devontae Adams supposed to clearly go one way sees Aaron Rodgers in trouble switches on the dime goes the other and then completes the pass like when you are able to just make, like they read each other's minds, like the connection that they have is so special. And I think it holds this team together. So the fact that like they can do this because Aaron Rodgers is making things happen. Like the other guys on their team, like they're not huge, big name guys. Like it's not like Aaron Rodgers is surrounded by stars and Devontae Adams is that guy who's become a star for him. And he's become a star in the league. He is incredible, like beyond talented, so I'm just very excited to continue to watch this grow. Yeah, I agree. I think their communication, their connection is top tier. I think when you look at just overall how in sync they are, they could be at the top of this list, right? Yeah. But I but I also think that they're very consistent, which is great. Um, I think I, d- I don't see them improving like m- significantly next season, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see them being equally as consistent, equally as good, putting up similar numbers, which, I mean, let's not forget they're great. Num- I mean, they're top tier yeah. numbers for the league. But um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of other areas that this team is lacking in that yeah. affect their production, affect the outcome of games, their record. And so I think, I don't know, I just, I like them a lot. I, I think they're they're not as fun to watch as the other duos, but they're definitely very consistent you know what to expect. And I think that's really kind of underrated here, but they're sitting at number three just for pure excitement factor. Yeah. Just because they're fantastic. Just not there. Yeah. All right. Who's your number two? Uh, okay. So this one was tough because okay. I really love, <laughs> I'm going to go, I think I'm going to make a last second switch. Okay. Just because the more I'm thinking about it, I I do agree. I think, I'm going to put Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Okay. They were my number one. We definitely have the same number one. We do. Probably. All right. So I went back and forth on these because I, like you said, I think we know exactly what to expect. We've seen this duo for a couple years now. Obviously a Super Bowl winning pair um, from a couple years ago, but Gosh, I I just think they're so strong in what they do, and they do it almost at will, right? Exactly. I, I think defenses know exactly what's coming. They know exactly what to expect. But their ability to get down the field, complete the pass, really make each other shine, for lack of a better yeah. term, because they, they do a great job at highlighting each other's strengths and working kind of in tandem. And they generate those big, exciting plays. They really take the defense by surprise, game in and game out. And I think that's, they're just consistently fun to watch. Um, but like you said, we've seen them. So at any moment in time, you could see somebody be prepared for that. And and to be fair, we did see someone and plenty of teams prepared for that exact thing. Yeah. Not to say they could really stop it because he was still putting up monster numbers, yeah. right? But but at the end of the day, you know, teams are prepared for it. And I think we saw them take a dip from 2019 to 2020. And I expect that they'll be right around the same um, as they were in 2020, if not take another little dip. Um, maybe not overall as a team, but this duo in in particular. Mm-hmm. So the more I thought about it as we were going through this list, I'm like, yeah, because the thought of my number one, probably our number one, excites yeah. me a lot more. But who do you have at number two? All right. So number two. So our number fives and our number twos are swapped. Because okay. I have Kyler Murray. And this might just be out of pure bias. But I have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins as my number two. Just because 
from the connection that we saw them have in their first season together, there was definitely something there. And there's definitely something to build on there. And you have DeAndre Hopkins, who is DeAndre Hopkins and fantastic in every single way possible. And then you have little Kyler Murray, who they just like have something special. And now with the way the Cardinals are moving, like I said, like we talk about when JJ Watt first said he was going there, I was super confused. Like I didn't really understand it. And now I see the direction that this team is going and I love their coaching. Like I love the like literally camaraderie that they are building. And like, this is a place that people want to go. So I think their confidence knowing JJ Watt is like defending them and like giving them all this motivation. They're getting all these great pieces. I just think their confidence heading into this season is going to be unmatched. And Pairing that with the connections and the talent that you already saw last season, I just think it's going to be really exciting. I'm hoping it's going to be really exciting. I want to see like three DeAndre Hopkins touchdowns like every single game, like just consistently give the ball to him, like never stop him because that's all I want to see ever. But um, no, I'm just, I love this duo. Uh, And like, I wasn't sold on Kyler Murray up until I saw him with DeAndre Hawk. And I was like, you know what? There's something there. I'm telling you, it might be a little biased because I adore him, but there is just a great chemistry there. And I'm excited to see where it goes in year two. Okay. So our number one. Our number one, please tell me it's Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. It's Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. We're here for it. I love that we have the same number one. Yes. Um, I love this team. I love yes. this team. And Josh Allen, not only they both got selected to their first Pro Bowl, even though it didn't officially happen, but this was their right. This was both of their first Pro Bowl years. And I think that speaks to what they were able to accomplish together. We mentioned it. Stefan Diggs coming out of um, Minnesota is obviously it was a different vibe. It was very much um, not the same player we saw last year. I'll just say that his production, he, he seems very comfortable, very confident, his route running has improved. His ability to create separation, get downfield has improved. They're his, just so good. They're so good. And then Josh Allen, I mean, come, come on. His completion percentage jumped 10 plus points. He has grown so much. His accuracy, his ball placement, everything about him has improved from this year, from la- or I guess 2019 or 2020. And I can only see him going up. Same yeah. with Stefan Diggs. And they're so fun to watch. They're like, one piece away from being the best team in the league. Yes. And even the way they like look at each other, like like, they just have the cutest relationship. And I saw this tweet on Twitter and like, it literally summed everything up. And it was like a guy whispering in someone's ear. And it was like, Josh Allen's to Stefan dig down the field. And it was like, their arms went into immediate goosebumps. And that's exactly like how I feel. Like, look, like when you see Josh Allen drop back and you see Stefan digs down the field and you know, this beautiful dime is coming like, I live for those moments. And I think it's connections like that. Like you saw it with Brady and Edelman, Brady. and Those connections are what get you to win the big games. And that is what's going to take them the next level. And like you said, they're one piece away from being like literally perfect. So I am, I just love them. They're, and they adore each other. Like they, they know they need each other and they are so grateful for each other. It's the cutest thing ever. Yeah, they they adore each other. I think the whole team adores each other. We yeah. we saw so many clips of them just having a great time. And like I, I you saw that in Tampa too, but the teams that are just having fun and really enjoying the process they're together. Well. They're doing well. And I I love this. First of all, love this for Bills fans. They're great. They're probably one of my favorite fan bases in this entire league. I they deserve this. They've waited long enough. I'm happy for them. And I have big expectations for this team in 2021 and I'm excited to watch them. They're like, they're one of the top teams, them and the dolphins are the two top teams that I'm looking forward to watching most in 2021. No, I think we can absolutely agree on that. Yeah. It's exciting. I am so ready. This is the last week where we're scrambling. I don't want to say scrambling because I feel like these were great topics and they Mm -hmm. turned out to be really fun, but you texted me this morning and you were like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? But this is the last week because next yes. week, full draft show, because it'll be the day before the draft. So it'll be draft Eve. 
draft eve <laughs> we'll have our mock drafts yeah first round yeah. Mock drafts we'll talk through everything we're going to talk through i think as we get closer i find that information tends to come out more about yeah. where certain teams might be leaning so we can talk about any new developments but maybe any new trades i know i have trades. a feeling by the, i'm i really believe that by the next time we are on here some one one or two teams are going to have traded and moved around because yeah no doubt I just, from the way everything's looking, someone is going to get desperate. Someone's going to get nervous. Someone's going to panic and they're going to make the big move. So things are definitely about to get interesting. What? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. One more week. Keep it up. We appreciate you. Yes. Follow us everywhere. Make sure subscribe. to subscribe. Yes. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for the people that reviewed the podcast on mm-hmm. Apple because we have enough reviews to have a five-star rating on Apple. Really appreciate that. Yeah, no, that was pretty. We like did, weren't even, we, we were on a video call when we saw that and we were like, wait, we're, we like have a rating. Like we're yeah. there. So thank you to everybody that's listening and helping us out because we appreciate you greatly. Very cool. All right, guys. We will see you next two Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> I, this, week, week too. <laughs> this week has been a month. This week has been a <laughs> no, month. It really has been. We will see All you right. next Wednesday, draft eve. Let's go. Bye.